All right, we are here for a show none of us planned on doing this week, but it is something that has come up that has really kind of engulfed uh, our world the past uh, few days and week or so. And we want to tell you guys everything that's been unfolding with a cheating scandal on NFC, a platform we've played on this year, a platform we're currently in playoff contests in. And we recently discovered uh, an employee who was helping another user on the site uh, change their lineup illegally. And we uncovered this with the stat chasing guys. And tonight, we're going to tell you guys everything that we learned, how we uncovered this, and kind of the ramifications, as well as NFC's statement. So uh, a heavy tone for us here on Chef Chasing, but Pat and Ben, uh, we're going to kind of fill everyone in on what's been going on here tonight. Yeah, so we have kind of a lot of details to go through uh, in terms of everything that we uncovered, how we uncovered it, details on this contest, which itself is a complicated uh, playoff contest with we can change players after each round. Um, and so we'll kind of dive into all of those details. But I think from a, a high level perspective, we're looking at um, two post lock lineup changes that were made to one of the highest scoring lineups in this playoff contest. Those uh, were made by an NFC employee. Uh, and we brought that to NFC's attention. Yeah, and people who watched our, we did a week of playoff shows and we were covering all the contests. And this specific NFC Hold'em playoff contest, it was one that we actually weren't super familiar with. I had played one entry in it last year with Davis Maddock, and we were kind of talking through the strategies on the show with the stat chasing guys, Sacrilegious and Drico. And, and if you guys watched that show, you saw we were having a hard time wrapping our head around all of the intricacies. Well, flash forward, uh, these guys went so deep in the weeds on this contest, thinking through all of the game theory. Uh, Pat and I would like check in on our group chat and Gretchen, these guys would have sent literally hundreds of messages <laughs> on strategy. Like I was like, holy cow, I didn't even realize there was this much to discuss. But Gretch, like you guys kind of fell in love with trying to solve the puzzle pieces of this NFC playoff hold'em contest. Yeah, I mean that was the 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 thing about this. It was so such such a bummer. I think was that the, there's so much game theory in this contest. There's so much fun to it. For the I think it was the first time for both Drico and Sack to dive into it. Really, it certainly was for me. So the three of us to kind of all be like bouncing ideas off each other. We had a blast with it. We we so we we ultimately. Saw something fishy was up on Sunday night after the Chiefs-Bills game. But just for like a little background, we had spent almost two hours Sunday morning talking about our two lineup decisions for Sunday. Just the games in uh, the, the players in. And really, it was our second player we were going to be adding to the Detroit lineup and the second player we're going to be adding to the KC lineup because the way this contest works, we were already committed essentially to Detroit over Tampa Bay based on the way our lineup was set up, and to Kansas City over Buffalo. But we were going to be adding, and then there's a, a multiplier, so we were already committed with our first player, but in the second round, you get to add a second player from each team, and it was that second player for those two teams that we spent literally two hours talking through. How do we do but this? The, the lineup in question was ahead of us in this contest, so we had our eyes on this lineup. This was a, a lineup that we needed to find a way past, and we were really hoping the way things played out, that an avenue would open up so that we could actually get ahead of this lineup by playing Travis Kelsey, and the lineup would would have Rasheed Rice, and that would be kind of our path to, to passing this lineup. 
Well, it, the, it would be kind of a similar equivalent, you know, if anyone's played head-to-head cash games on DraftKings and you have the 1 p.m. games and you're behind against your opponent and then you're trying to figure out what do they have in the 4 p.m. slot and you know that your equity in that head-to-head is tied to how your late players compared to theirs. And if you're blocked and if you're behind, you know you need to make a switch based on what they have. So there's this almost like game of chicken in general are trying to figure out how do we optimize to pass this guy who essentially has a better version of our lineup right now. Exactly. That is, that is at its core. Uh, but well, the fun, the fun thing about this contest is there are a lot more options, I think than DFS, but then when you really boil it down, you recognize that you do need to make decisions on who's going to win, which games in each round to set up these multipliers that exist. And so one of the reasons this this entry for us was so good was that we got Aaron Jones through in the first round. We played both sides, and you can do in the first round play both sides of a couple of games. You can't in the second round. It's a, it's a unique element, the way that the multipliers line up. If you're really optimizing, you need to pick the four winners correctly in divisional round weekend. But in the first weekend, you can play the, both sides of a couple of games. We played both sides of the Green Bay-Dallas game. We got Aaron Jones through, which ended up being a really a, a huge key. One of the other sharp decisions we made was to full fade Miami and not play both sides of Kansas City, Miami, which a lot of other people were doing. Miami didn't have a big score and a loss. We didn't have that, you know. So we had Puka Nakua in a loss in our lineup. That's like an FFPC playoff contest element that exists in this element or in this contest. But we had set it up where we had the four eventual winners in divisional round as our second round winners. We had KC over Buffalo determined before round one, by the way that we played the Buffalo-Pittsburgh game. It's all very complicated, but we full-faded Pittsburgh. We soft-faded Buffalo. You don't you, you do not do that in like a FFPC contest. You can do it in NFC where we just had the Buffalo kicker. And so we had set that up so that Buffalo had to lose in the second round in our entry. And so the point I'm trying to drive home is that you're in this lane with your entry and there's only a couple other teams that are potentially in that lane. So really the one team on Sunday morning we were looking at that was ahead of us that was in our lane, they end up double stacking Buffalo later, kind of a unique decision. They added digs to their to their build. The team that we're going to eventually start breaking down was actually behind us in the morning, but they had Mike Evans on a multiplier. And so when the Detroit-Tampa game got like 50 points out of Mike Evans and shot ahead of us, and then immediately got on our radar we were covered up every other spot and we needed to make a decision on the kansas city buffalo game just basically between the two games and drico really sharply got us onto this pivot to kelsey but we were concerned that someone other player might think kelsey was the right play the decision the, so both of us had pacheco as our first player that was going to be on a two times multiplier and then you had a second player on a one times multiplier and the decision was essentially kelsey or rasheed rice we thought that in all likelihood, the other user would would play Rasheed Rice over Kelsey. So we pivoted to Kelsey. And we were ecstatic to see that this user's roster at lock did play Rice. And so we're, we're sweating the- who he even plays. We want right. to see who this lineup ends up having at lock is a sweat for us because we've got to we want to be able to get past it with Kelsey. And, Which is so right. crazy because we never catch this. We never we never run into this if we didn't have this really good lineup that is also so identical. That is both of us soft faded uh, Buffalo with uh, with a, a kicker or a defense advanced. Both of us had Pacheco in the two times multiplier. Both of us had this Kelsey or Rice decision, and both of us had the same players advancing from Detroit, Baltimore, and San Francisco. 
all of the rest of the lineup was set up identically. Yeah, and and obviously just kind of like zoom back. That is that's the only reason I think we would have ever uncovered this Drico sacrilegious Gretch because they were so in the weeds with hey we have a really good chance with this team like this team can make noise in this contest. So what do you do when you have a good team? And regardless of a DFS fantasy contest, you start hawking all the other teams ahead of you. What is our path to first place? Who blocks us? And in this contest, the way Ben's describing it, it's really unique in that. If some people haven't made the same decisions as you, you're really only competing against a couple of rosters who are on the same trajectory, essentially trying to execute the same game plan as you. Yeah, right, and it's exactly. not just for sometimes you're just kind of hoping, like in a best ball contest, you're seeing, you know, if you're blocked or not, and you're hoping you'd find out you're not blocked, but there's nothing you can do about it if you are. In this contest, if you find out that you're likely to be blocked, you can actually pull some levers to get unique with who you add in the in the future right. round. So that's a, another reason, you know, we're scouting out uh, the other lineups that we're doing really well, and you find a lineup that looks so similar to yours. All of a sudden, it becomes very very critical that you get different in a sharp way. And this Kelsey Rice pivot was was our right. attempt to do that. And at lock, boom, there it is. It played out exactly like we're hoping. We have Kelsey. He has Rice. So you can see screenshots, the, all that. Yeah, you can see the screenshot. Still says pregame, but we can see the other users roster. The other thing I'd point to is that the players advancing from Baltimore, San Francisco, and Detroit all the way down are going to be the same. They're not necessarily the exact same slots on the screenshot. Like the two quarterbacks are flipped in the top two lines there, but we both have McCaffrey. We both have Jameer Gibbs. The other user has Gibbs down in the flex at the very bottom, almost off the page. We both have um, Almond Ross St. Brown. Throughout this, you'll see this. But the other user had Mike Evans down here and had on, on a multi multiplier, was able to get 57 points because they got times two his score. And so he had almost a 30-point game. He gets almost 60 points. We weren't really anticipating all that. And then it was, okay, now we're actually chasing by a good margin, this other user. And so we jump in with this Kelsey play. And to see that Rice was in that lineup was like, okay, great. Now we have this opportunity for Kelsey to outscore Rice by a bunch this week and in future weeks because now the multiplier is going to build on Kelsey and their multiplier is going to build on Rice. They can play Kelsey next week, but we'll have an extra multiplier. So basically it becomes our Kelsey versus their Rice the rest of the way. We're more committed to Kelsey. They're more committed to Rice. And so you're really pumped about this. And then the game plays out. And, and after just the game, to, just to just to clarify, the reason this screenshot exists is because we were so anxious to see what did they end up playing. This is that this, we this took this screenshot and like we did it. We got yeah. our Kelsey leverage over the Rashi Rice play. Right, we have and multiple then, screenshots of this because Drico and Sack were taking screenshots. Right. I mean, everyone, there's excitement. Uh, yeah. yeah, and they both and, took a screenshot. I was kind of asking about the pivot in the chat. They both send it. We're like, yes, this this is great. It was a really it was a last minute pivot. We had talked through a lot of eventualities that morning. Drico very sharply and Sack jo joins in. They both they they took the initiative to make this pivot that we had sort of discussed a little bit earlier, but absolutely crushed it when Rice is on the other team. Then the game plays out, and Kelsey has this great game, and we're pumped. And then after the game, me and Drico are are talking in the chat, and both at the same time realize this user's team is still in the top 10. So coming into Sunday, our roster was in sixth out of 1,500 teams. This is part of the reason we're so excited. But we knew that we would get passed by teams that had Josh Allen and played the Bills heavier. We were soft fading the Bills. They were playing both sides of Kansas City and Buffalo or, or had access to 
a lot more points. There's a lot of people that had Josh Allen on a two times multiplier. They were going to gain points. And right now we have fallen a lot further down the leaderboard, but we're still in good position when you look at this whole contest. But um, this other user, despite not having Josh Allen and despite soft fading this Bills and only having the Bills kicker, was still sitting in like sixth place. And me and Drick were like, how is this possible? We click on it and he has Travis Kelsey. And we both immediately are like, this is weird. Like, like this doesn't make sense because we were sharing screenshots. Like what happened? Did something happen with the software? Why was this person able to make a change after lineups were visible? Because our immediate thought is they saw that we played Kelsey. And then for some reason, they're able to then make a change to match to us because they were ahead of us. They know that they can block us. And we're like, that. that's smart. But we have evidence that they were able to see our player because we were able to see their player. And that's a huge game theory element. And, and that's not the way it should go. As it turns out, that's not actually what happened. There's a lot more to it. But that was our initial thought. And it was just like, man, I mean, we actually have screenshots because we're so excited to see Rice in these lineups. And now Kelsey's in there. Like, how does that make any sense? So we all start digging a little bit more. So, and Ben, just so people do know with the the way the lineups are posted, is it kind of like it could be a game of chicken up until lock when it's frozen, where you're looking and you're refreshing, you're refreshing, you're refreshing. And if they change it with a minute left before lock, you could then go rechange? No, it doesn't actually show before it lock. doesn't it okay only, so that's what i'm trying to clarify it's like drafting. maybe it did when we were right. like wait does it show is there a screw up there okay. is there there is no way no to do that the way we okay. have since learned that that isn't a thing once once lock hits that's when the lineup show and you're not able to change as a user at that point yeah right so so then you then see that they have the Travis Kelsey, which you have screenshots of saying, no, it should be Rashi Rice. Then where do you guys go to try to figure out what's going on? So the first thing is just trying to understand how this even got changed. What Was there a software error? What happened? Um, and as we're digging around, Drico finds in the logs, a transaction was made at 646. This screenshot says on the way right, 646 Eastern time. Now, this is actually not correct, the Eastern time that's listed. All of these are listed in Central time, but on this screen, for some reason, it, it shows Eastern time. But the reason that you'll know that it was Central time, you look at all the transactions before. Our transaction is highlighted at the top where we added Kelsey right before lock, 528, 528, 528, 529. This is all of the teams in this contest. You can go look at this log. It still exists there. The transaction undoing the Rice Kelsey is now added, but you could, you could go look at this log if you wanted to. But all of those other transactions are happening right up to the 5.30 cutoff, which is 5.30 Central time. The game started at 6.30 Eastern time. But when we first noticed this transaction, we thought it happened 16 minutes after lock. What we come to understand, because this screen is actually displaying Eastern time, but it is actually Central time, and we have another screenshot of our transaction at 528 that shows central time just to confirm that this is the stat chasing transaction that we made on 121 at the bottom there 528 central time it is just a display issue on the other thing and that's why all the transactions stop at 529 it is 530 lock the other transaction happens an hour and 16 minutes later not 16 minutes later we thought man maybe kickoff was just delayed 16 minutes and for some reason 
the the ads and drops were locked until the ball was actually kicked off but you could see our roster and so like that's that's not fair those things should have happened at the Which same actually time doesn't even time up it doesn't quite work out but we're what are we're, we're trying scrambling. to think through things right yeah. but then it turns out it's an hour and 16 minutes later and we're like wait somehow they were able to change this an hour and 16 minutes later that's a long way into the game when did travis kelsey score his first touchdown that's we we're asking it in the chat like three people go check and we find that it happened at 6.43 central, or uh, yeah, central time, 7.43 Eastern time. I went and checked my DVR. It happened three minutes before Rashi Rice was removed from the lineup and Travis Kelsey was entered into the lineup. For this team name here that if you are, are watching this on the screen share, the team name is Red Solo Cup 2. This team, how many teams did Red Solo Cup have in this contest, Six. Ben? Six different teams. Six and all named teams. Red Solo Cup one, two, three, four, five, six. I never found six. I found one through they were all named one through five, the first five okay. that I ended up looking at. So the next thing we do, once we realize that this user somehow has access to make changes after things are locked, is well, has he done this before? Right. And so we start looking at other stuff. We look at all of his other teams. I did not find any uh issues on any of the other rosters in the logs. I did find something that was weird in uh, this particular team the week prior. And so we started flagging that and discussing that. And um, we didn't really understand that. So this is something that we get into a little bit of the technical uh, element of the, the NFC site. So the last screenshot, when you're making a one-for-one -one change in this third column type, it was showing add and drop. And it was showing when you make changes to your lineups, there's an add or a drop, add, drop, add, drop. This next screenshot that Pete pulled up, when you submit a full lineup, it just lists move for all of them. I'm not entirely sure why. It, it also lists move when you just move a guy around from flex to running back or whatever. But when you it's when you submit a full lineup, it lists move all the way down. And so this was the same Red Solo Cup 2 roster. None, none of his other rosters. Week 19, he submits a full lineup. On 112, which is Friday before the contest, the game started playing on Saturday. You can see it goes from quarterback all the way down through defense. The only other transaction he makes after that is another full lineup at 114, 1106 p.m. This is again central time. So it's uh it, it's after the game was played. The only difference between these two rosters, if you look through the screenshot, these two lineups are identical. The first one has Raheem Mostert. The second one has Aaron Jones. So this user, after Green Bay and Dallas played, made what is a massive change to a lineup that otherwise pretty much had the nuts. So I'll highlight it has Puka Nakua on this team in a loss, a really important piece. It has Dak Prescott on this team in a loss, a really important piece. This user was playing a Baltimore-Dallas Super Bowl with Dak advancing. But after Dak lost, he became a really interesting piece if you had played the other side of that game as well and you had Aaron Jones advancing. When we first saw his lineup, we're like, this guy was sharp as hell. He played Dak two different ways. He played Dak to the Super Bowl, but also if he gets upset, he's got Aaron Jones advancing and he gets a one-game monster score out of Dak, which would have been the nuts. And so when he makes this one pivot, it makes Dak a one-off piece that is a really like high-scoring one-off piece that he can then, in that... The, the, you get two quarterbacks and the way the quarterback stuff works is a little bit tricky, but he can then add Brock Purdy the next week 
to his Christian McCaffrey and then play San Francisco pretty optimally if you start with McCaffrey and add Purdy. And so it's not a big miss to have played Dak and lose in the first week. But he didn't actually have a Green Bay Packer in his initial lineup. He had Mostert. Instead, he switches this, and it does a few different things for him. It makes Dak that really impressive one-off piece. It makes Aaron Jones this really impress- this extremely important advancing piece. Three touchdowns in the first game, and you have a Packer for the next round. And as not a, reminder, a lot of people play the Packers. As a reminder, the, the Dolphins game was on Saturday. So this is post Brahim Mostert scoring four points right. in a Dolphins loss. All of a sudden, Mostert becomes very undesirable. Dolphins fade becomes optimal. That's the third thing. The Dolphins fade is the third element. So you make this one switch, and it gives you some, like, as we're going to learn with some of the explanations we were given, it gives you some plausible deniability, like, oh, it was a mistake. But this, So there's not a ton of changes but they got away with this Aaron Jones one one week, and then they tried it with Travis Kelsey again the next week. And once you have two, that's when the, it becomes undeniable. And, and so once we're looking you, at your lineup all, all morning, and yeah. So can you explain, because I think one thing, then is looking through the transaction logs um, where something um, fishy was going on in both cases. Why is one of them an ad drop in the Kelsey Rice, and why is one of them just a move as if a flex player was being shuffled to a wide receiver or whatever. I believe it's just a technicality on the NFC site, Pat, you you've thought through this as well. And I'd love to hear your explanation as well. My understanding is when you first submit your lineup, it shows the full lineup and it says move for all. And then if you decide to make changes, you're removing and adding. And so then it doesn't add drop, like you're making a swap. But when you first get in there, you have to set a full lineup. I don't know why the whole second one would be move unless a full lineup is being submitted elsewhere. And the, and the explanation we ended up getting would be one reason, that an admin was resubmitting a full lineup behind the scenes is potentially the, the reason that you would have a full list of moves twice. Because I don't think you, there's any other reason you'd have a full a full roster submitted twice. It would all be add drops after that point, I think. That's what I was going to say, because if you tried to go submit a, a, a lineup for a player that had already played, it would say like invalid. It would not let you select Correct. it, which is why you have to do it within the confines of the rules, which is an ad drop. But in this case, it probably required some kind of admin thing to allow a submitted lineup post lock. Yeah. And to be clear, both of these changes, although they were recorded differently in the log as different types of move, both were executed by an NFC employee and were not done by the user himself. So, uh, you know, they, they were are recorded differently, but they, but it's not like the user did one of these moves and the employee did the other. Both were done uh, by someone with admin uh, powers. And so I, I oh, go ahead. Yeah. No, no, no. Go I was, was going to say, I, I keep alluding to this explanation we got. So once we talked to NFC a little bit about this, initially we talked to them about why was there a move allowed after lock? That was our conversation Sunday night. It wasn't until Monday and, and and sort of more digging, essentially, that we kind of uncovered the Aaron Jones thing and started to realize, like, this is probably cheating of, of some sort. Um, and we were discussing with them that the, the explanation we were given is that the admin sub, that was contacted by a user who could not see the live scoring and they resubmitted that user's lineup so that they could hopefully see it and they made a mistake. And they swapped, accidentally swapped Rasheed Rice for Travis Kelsey in the lineup. 
our ex our response was that sounds hard to believe given that it happened three minutes after Travis Kelsey scored a touchdown. And the mistake was to add Travis Kelsey to the lineup. But then when we brought up the Aaron Jones thing, that's when it became clear that there was more to happen. And, and NFC has done a lot of uh, work behind the scenes, release a statement. We'll get into all of that. But the ex- that explanation is very interesting because that's not the way the logs show the rice for Kelsey change. They show that as an ad drop. It is the way they show the Aaron Jones thing, where it was a whole resubmitted lineup and there was a, a mistake. Oh, I, I accidentally clicked Aaron Jones instead of Mostert. It's like it was a prepackaged answer that would be given if it if you were caught and the logs looked like the Aaron Jones move, but it doesn't actually fit the Kelsey Rice move, which right. was just a one for one ad drop behind the scenes somehow. It's uh so, so- and once we learned that, because we received word when we were communicating with the NFC that it was an employee who made it, we started to do a little bit of digging too, because I was curious. Who is this user, Red Solo Cup? Um, the user is uh, named Bradley Willis. This employee's name is Derek Buker. And, you know, just me wanting to do a little sleuthing on Twitter, see if there's any connections, started poking around for their Twitter accounts, ended up finding a very long history of public communication for these guys, literally spanning a decade. I should also mention Derek's Twitter account has now been deactivated, um, but we have screenshots and I can pull up some of these here. Um, this was one, a really old one from September 22nd, 2012. Brad Willis, who we believe to be behind the account Red Solo Cup, at least that's how it's publicly listed, Bradley Willis, um, interacting with Derek, saying make sure you hit the red pepper and especially remembering your favorite cousin back in Lakeville. Derek, even in his Twitter bio, says he's from Lakeville. We do not know if they are actually related but it felt very, very clear scrolling through their communication that not only are they friendly, but they're very good friends and have been for a very long time. So, so the explanation we were given that a, a user called and said they couldn't see live scoring and then a lineup was submitted so that they could see live scoring was quickly shown to be not This true isn't any old guys. user, even if the guy, even if it had, this isn't any old user who's calling. And of course, there's a personal relationship that spans more than a decade right. between these two individuals. And the person that the ad, the admin changed the lineup for and accidentally put Travis Kelsey in the lineup, and also, oh yeah, accidentally put Aaron Jones in last week, is potentially didn't actually resubmit a lineup during the Chiefs game. <laughs> only replaced Rasheed Rice with Travis Kelsey and did nothing else. And another thing that we should mention with all of this stuff, you know, uh, partly I recognize the name Derek Buker. I'm not, I don't know if I'm pronouncing that correctly, but because we did uh, a deal with NFC this year, those of you guys who have been watching on the channel know that we played uh, in multiple of their high stakes contests. We interacted with Greg, who is the head over there. Um, We even did um, some live events at their Vegas drafts. One of the reasons I was familiar with this name, Derek, is because any time I corresponded with Greg about tech stuff, hey, can we get a link, a landing page, et cetera, et cetera, Derek was always CC. He was heavily involved in NFC operations, specifically on the back end with anything tech supporty. Again, I don't know the entire purview of what his role is, but I do know that when we were interacting with him, even when I was having stuff with moving money around to enter us into a contest, Derek was CC'd on that. He was involved with all of this stuff. So that's just to say he was a very prominent member behind the scenes 
And it makes sense that he would have access to a lot of the mechanics of the NFC site. And when you say was, it's because in the statement, they have acknowledged that they have uh, fired an employee. They don't name the employee probably for legal reasons, but uh, it's our understanding that that, that is Derek and uh, he, that he is no longer with NFC at this at the time of our recording, which is just a few days after this happened. We're still getting our heads wrapped around all of this. Yes. Yeah, this just to, again to frame the timeline, everyone remembers the uh, the Chiefs and Bills game that was on. Uh, refresh my memory. When was that game? Was Sunday night. Sunday night. So this yeah, is all Eastern. happened, and we're recording this on Wednesday evening around eight p.m. Eastern. So a and lot we, of this has happened. We didn't know until prepared. Monday. We, we I, I did send Greg uh, some emails, a couple emails, because then we started to see the timestamps on Sunday night asking, why was this user able to do this? Did your software malfunction? He let us know in the morning, it was not a software issue. I'm told that an admin made this change. I'm gonna do more research throughout the day Monday. Uh, that's Pete, I think when you uncovered the some of the, the Twitter links and some of the social media links, we were starting to piece things together and be like, okay, this is different than what we actually thought it was. This is actually something you know a lot more serious. So it wasn't even until like late in the day Monday that we were able to, to determine that uh like what what has actually happened here that these guys have a, a relationship that there's a lot of other things and then there's you get hit in the head with so many things and and part of the reason we're doing this as a recorded show rather than our typical live show is there are so many ways that you can speculate from here i think all of our uh, we don't want to do any speculation but I, I think all of our listeners are smart enough that the first question they're going to ask is how long has this been going on we're showing you tweets from 2012 there's a lot of other things Greg has assured us and says in the statement that this is the first time. It does seem hard to believe that we caught the first time, but he does, you know, we, we have some skepticism about that, but he does say that in the statement. He has not um, found anything else. They, they are doing a full review um, and they have banned the user in addition to uh, determining the employee. So, yeah, our, our understanding is because uh, Bradley played a bunch of, regular season stuff this year. So they've gone through the logs for all the regular season, um, going back through all their logs. I believe they switched to the, the software that they're currently on um, in 2021, I believe. Uh, and so, you know, they're, but they have logs from the previous system as well as my understanding. And they're reviewing all of that to confirm that there's no additional instances of this, but, um, all we know, you know, is that uh, we were able I mean, we were able to to review the logs for his other teams in this contest. This is the only thing that we found. We found these two moves on this one team. And it, it's hard because we we know what is publicly available. The NFC, they do have those publicly available accounts, but we have no idea how the back end system works. We don't know what kind of potential override you know we we don't know anything other than what's publicly available that is still publicly available to anyone on the nfc website they have said that they're leaving those transactions up for the sake of transparency but just being clear you know we all we have is what is publicly available we were able to use that to um un uncover this but we can't you know fully know the scope of it other than taking nfc's word for what they say even in this contest where they show all these transactions, which is great that there's a log, we can't see uh, past year's transaction logs, as far as I understand. I actually did not do that research myself. I'm pretty sure, Pat, you were talking with, with Sack and Drico about that a little bit, but that's right, right? We can see the results, but not the transaction I'm logs. Not, yeah, I'm not, I'm not sure. I know, I, okay. well, 
I believe NFC can, but I don't know that we can. We cannot. I'm I'm almost positive. I just don't want to say something wrong, but I'm I'm almost positive. We can't see any of the transactions in past years on the site. And as a result, like we're not, I mean, we're not doing like. Our investigation is limited to. Right. And we're not like. I mean, like we've, we've kind of talked about like this feels like an investigation behind, you know, between ourselves, but like, we're not trying to investigate anything. We just ran into this, right? It's like, what, right. what do you do? You start pulling threads and cool. uh, exactly. there's certain things that we can't see, right? There's threads we can't pull. Yeah. And like, again, like the whole part of this, I mentioned, you know, us doing a deal with NFC and a huge reason we're doing the show is because we promoted this site. We told our viewers, our listeners, hey, we're excited to play on this site. Come play on this site with us. You know, we exchanged promotion for free entries into contests. So we feel like we have a big burden on us to not only um, you know share what we uncovered, but allow people to know that this happened as a PSA, and that's the thing that sucks. Like there is the thing of like, oh, we un- we uncovered this, we investigated it, that that feels good, but it also sucks. Like we told people that you can play on this site, and if we wouldn't have uncovered it, people we said should play in this hold'em contest would have been defrauded in this contest via cheating. And that sucks. And that's why we feel the onus of telling you guys literally everything we know, everything we've done these past few days. And and it's been nice to see some of the steps that Greg is making through his statement and this. But I, I feel very shitty uh, about how this has transpired after we put our, you know, um, you know, how people view us, you know, our reputations totally. on the line with this site. And so um, I, I think all three of us felt very strongly about kind of being super public about what happened. Totally. And I mean, the, the, the other flip side of this is just that it, it is really hard to wrap your head around what happened here. I mean, the only time I've ever heard really anything like this is like 12 team home leagues. Like you hear about it, like in high school, right. Or like I, you know, when I was working at CBS, you'd hear about these stories, like, cause people are playing in these public leagues, oh, our commissionary. He changed the, his buddy's, you know, quarterback after lock. And he, this is a, this is a tournament with a six figure prize to first place. And they were changing. They put Aaron Jones in the lineup after the game was either completed or like in the fourth quarter. I'm not 100%. I didn't 100% check the, the central time zone thing there, but very late in the game because it's 1108 or whatever is the timestamp there. Um, I'm Pacific coast. So games end at nine here. It's always, it always throws me off, but that I mean, you're putting a player in after he scores three touchdowns, like a 16 year old does in his 12 team league, and is like, I'm gonna I'm gonna win the championship, and no one's gonna notice this. And then his buddy calls him out on it, and then you know that gets talked about on some you know mass produ- mass audience fantasy football show where they have to you know answer questions like this, and every, everyone agrees, yeah, you kick that guy out of the league and you move on. But like, I mean, to to this is one of those things that like people have conspiracy theorists have speculated about this type of thing happening. Uh, an employee at a, a site with a, a major tournament with a lot of money on the line, changing lineups so that their buddy can win or that um, the site can win. And then they don't have to pay out the prizes or whatever, you know, like you see these tweets and things. It's just, it's crazy the way that as we've pulled this thread this week in these last couple of days, that this is like what actually happened. I mean, it's, it's, it's bizarre. It's hard. It's hard to grasp, honestly. 
And even I'm sure some people like, again, as we mentioned at the top of the show, like there's not even like a clean way for us to explain the mechanics of this tournament. Like again, anyone who watched our show, it is a, it's a complicated tournament. Like even the levels of game theory, we've gone back and forth with Leone on how they attack it, Draco and Sacrilegious. It is an epic puzzle. Like I don't think there's a game in fantasy that is more complicated that we've played or encountered than this one. Um, and so I do think it is for explaining some of those mechanics and hopefully we did a good job doing so, but you know, the reason we were able to do it is just because we got so obsessed with this contest and Draco and sacrilegious and Gretch really being in the weeds on it, because otherwise I don't think we ever, ever figure this out. Or and really Draco, Draco and sack. I mean, ha huge yeah. hat tip to those guys. Like, uh, I mean, they, they've been so in the weeds on this, as you said, since the very beginning, we're very integral in pulling some of these threads and doing some of the research. Draco's the one who found the first log. He's the one who uh, I know was pushing for that swap that we ended up doing that led to this and was highlighting some of the other teams was leading a lot of those conversations. And sack was right there with them. Those guys, I mean, there, there are incredible guys at, at stat chase, you know, that, that do stat chasing every week. Um, obviously, follow them, like all their work, whatever. But uh, just want to give them a ton of credit for being like hugely important parts of of uncovering this. For sure. I thought we could, uh, this release came out uh, about a couple hours ago. There is kind of an official uh, legalese, uh, you know, element here from the lawyers at NFC. And then Greg followed it up. I thought we could pass along some of the things he said. A lot of this we've already covered here, but just to punctuate it, the team, this is the Red Solo Cup, and all of his teams are now locked, and he is ineligible to ever play in the NFC contest. The employee who we referenced has been terminated for cause, and then Greg kind of gets into how we were able to uncover it with the public transaction logs, and he goes on to say, nothing is more important than the integrity of our contest. Nothing, nobody trusts us with their money. If anything can happen, I'm sad, I'm disappointed, I'm shocked, I'm mad, I'm so mad, but we can never let something like this happen, and we now have safeguards in place to alert multiple people if this ever happened again, which it won't. The contest remains intact, and this didn't affect anyone else's teams. This owner's teams have been eliminated in the employee release. So sorry that I can't say more, but please understand that we thank those who alerted us to the situation, and we acted immediately and with the appropriate punishments. Thanks. And I'm not sure if he mentions it here, but he also told us that they're now going to partner with a company. Yes. That, that's right an official statement. Okay. Yeah. So that that has been our week, uh, guys, ever since uh, Draco and Sacrilegious um, got to the bottom of this and us going down the rabbit hole, uh, presenting all of this to Greg and, and letting him know there was a huge problem um, and they needed to start fixing things. I don't feel comfortable right now saying if things are fully fixed or not. It's only been a couple of days. I think I'm encouraged by some of the steps, but... We wanted to get this show out now specifically because this contest is ongoing. Moves are still going to be made this weekend for the conference championship. There's a lot of money on the line, and we really wanted to alert people that this has been uh, occurring up to this point because it brings up a lot of questions, and hopefully we answered some of them tonight. I think we've done a really good job illuminating at least what happened. There's lots of whys and follow-up questions, but we do have some facts that, you know, collusion, cheating, whatever you want to call it, occurred 
in this contest that we have entries in, that our friends have entries in, that ship chasers have entries in, and we owed it to everyone to get this out so everyone can make their own informed decisions, decide what kind of actions they want to take. Yeah, I mean, you, you said it really well. We wanted to be fully transparent. We wanted to let the, the listeners of this show who put their trust in our recommendations on who to play in their lineups, but also the recommendations on where to play and we have implicitly told them to trust the sites that we play on and talk about playing on and do content around. We wanted to be, I mean, it was immediately clear. We were all in lockstep. We were saying we were in lockstep. It was cool. And it's one of the things that I loved about working with you guys is when we first did really touch base on this. And, you know, some of the initial conversations were with Drico and Zach. Pat, you were a little bit busy. Pete, you were on vacation this weekend. Like we were, we were talking, touching base on, on Monday. And we were all immediately very clear. The number one thing is we wanted to be very transparent with our, whatever you call viewers, subscribers, listeners, um, people that that follow ship chasing in any kind of way, that they would know uh, what we know, that we're not holding anything back in those things. And then like you said, Pete, as far as timing, this is an ongoing contest. It, it, it ultimately had to be this week. We, we weren't going to sit on this. It needed to be as soon as, as possible, really. Uh, talk to NFC a little bit. They got some things done and, and released a statement. And then, uh, you know, we certainly wanted to give them time to, to handle this how they wanted to handle this, but then wanted to be able to to share this stuff in full transparency and and where we fit into all of it. Yeah, and to, in truth be told, to give this a wider reach, a bigger platform. You know, I don't know the full extent of how NFC is going to communicate it. As I know now, it is on message boards. There I have, as of this time, I haven't checked, but before the show, I had not seen it on social, hadn't seen it in an email to their, to their users. I generally get emails from them on site-wide things about new contests. Haven't seen that yet. So I do feel like the onus is on us to put this story out there in a larger way. Like people in the fantasy space need to know about this. This isn't something that gets brushed under the rug. I'm not saying that's what they're doing, but I feel like it's our responsibility to put this out there so everyone knows what happened. Right. With the, I mean, regardless of what NFC does, it's sort of as we've discussed, we we talked about this contest, right? It's not just that we did NFC season-long stuff. Uh, we talked about this contest the week before the wild card round, um, trying to and devise our strategy. Link for, to register for this. Yeah, contest. exactly. Send out a link to register for this contest. So uh, we then had an obligation to share with our, our viewers what had happened here. This is, you know, it's kind of like, regardless of what NFC does in terms of um, getting a statement out and, and publicizing the statement, we kind of have our own obligation, I think, um, as we've directed people to this site in this contest. Um, and we had a time-sensitive time obligation given that it's an ongoing contest. So, yeah, I mean, I don't think we really have that much more to say. We've kind of shared everything we have with you guys kind of chronologically, all the kind of evidence that we um, were able to put together and feel very thankful that it was a compelling enough set of evidence that action has started to be taken um, and, and that's encouraging there. But, um, yeah, I don't really know where else we go from here other than putting this out there and and letting things continue to play out. Agreed. I mean, there's a lot of questions. We said this. We've done a lot of uh, speculation behind the scenes. We don't want to add a ton of speculation here. People are going to have a lot of questions. There's going to be a lot that, that probably comes from this um, or 
presumably. I mean, when you think about the, the scope of what this could be, but it's not, you know, this is not the forum for, for those types of discussions, um, as, as we had already talked about. But um, that's not my, my main point being, we're not saying that's the end of the story. Obviously, I think there's going to be a lot of people. But like you said a minute ago, Pete, we're just going to kind of we, we, we were tending to kind of just give what we know and then let people kind of form their own conclusions or, or do their own research or, or think what they want to think, ultimately make their own decisions about you know what they want to do from here. Yeah, and I'll include a link to the forum posts in the show notes of this video if you guys want to read. Um, you know, if you guys are uh, ship chasers and you guys want to talk to us in the Discord, certainly understand if you guys have uh, specific concerns as it pertains to us. We'll definitely make ourselves available to answer anything that we know. You know, we aren't going to be publicly speculating uh, any further, but I can promise you as we learn cold, hard facts, we will always share those, uh, with you guys as they come across our radar. Um, Pat, anything else here before we get out of here? No, nothing else for me. Um, well, thanks again, as Ben highlighted to Drico and Sacrilegious who are just so sharp and that kind of level of, uh, you know, attentiveness, you know, really helping us, uh, unearth this, which is, it would have been a very scary thing for this kind of stuff to continue on going and for us to be unaware as we play on this site. So again, really want to thank them yeah. for all their hard work. And, and very quickly as well, they were they were uncovering yeah. stuff by the minute. It felt like. I mean, it's so funny you said the. I mean, like we had so much fun talking strategy and everything. It was almost like desperation. Like, oh man, this guy got gets Kelsey in there. We're screwed now. We've had so much fun building this team out and everything that it, I mean, those guys uh, immediately. I mean, they do. They did exactly what anyone would do. You, you're looking through and, and trying to figure out. Um, you know what if your own team is blocked and what what the paths for your own team are and so anyway it uh it's it's just wild <laughs> like I'm, I'm sorry my mind is still just blown by all of this yeah it's it's been like just completely like dropping whatever veil or whatever it's been a lot for us to process this past week and um you know getting all of this out there it feels cathartic for us because we've been going down these rabbit holes really trying to think how to uh, process everything that happened. So um, I feel good that we were able to record this show. Um, we are going to post this now. So it will be, um, you know, recording it on a Wednesday evening. We'll be live here on a Wednesday evening. And yeah, we appreciate uh, all of you guys uh, who uh, stick with us through thick and thin, through the ups and downs and all that stuff here. Um, and yeah, we'll be back, you know, for our, our usual stuff. We're going to do a shift cast on Sunday night. Feels weird to, uh, to promote something at the end of the show, but I don't know what else to do other than to say, we'll see you on Sunday night, uh, for a ship cast. But other than that, really genuinely appreciate all of you guys. And, uh, we'll talk to you soon. Peace.